Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner. Today's feature is from Book 9, Part 19 of Milton's Paradise Lost. Podcast 208 is entitled, Lucifer Enters the Snake. In the beginning of each book, Milton provides an abstract. In Milton's words, Satan, having compassed the earth with meditated guile, returns as a mist by night into paradise, enters into the serpent sleeping. The King James Version of the Bible is very succinct. In chapter 3, verse 1, we read the following. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Perhaps it is a good thing that Milton didn't translate the Bible into English, for he is not going to bypass a chance like that. He turns it into high, unforgettable drama. It is a humiliating moment for Lucifer, who once was called Son of the Morning, or Shining One. It is clear that he once had a very high position in the presence of God. Isaiah tells us, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Isaiah fourteen twelve. Through 14. First of all, if Lucifer persuaded a third part of the host of heaven to follow him, it is obvious that he was well known by all the spirits in heaven. Son of the morning is clearly a high title. He apparently had reason to think he could ascend into heaven and exalt his throne above the stars of God. The stars of God refer to all the children of God. Lucifer wanted to be the greatest star in heaven. In fact, he aimed for the highest office. I will be like the Most High, he said. It was Christ he was referred to as the bright and morning star. Satan wanted to replace Christ and be our Savior, the bright and morning star. Now he has to lure himself into possessing the body of a snake. It was a humiliation he was willing to endure to bring about the fall of man. Milton continues his epic. I now must charge those notes to tragic, foul distrust and breach disloyal on the part of man, revolt and disobedience, on the part of heaven now alienated distance and distaste, anger and just rebuke, and judgment given, that brought into this world a world of woe, sin and her shadow death, and misery, death's harbinger, sad task. After being threatened by Gabriel, Satan sneaks back into the garden under the cover of darkness. The sun was sunk, and after him the star of Hesperus, whose office is to bring twilight upon the earth, short arbiter twixt day and night, 
And now from end to end, night's hemisphere had veiled the horizon round. When Satan, who late fled before the threats of Gabriel out of Eden, now improved in meditated fraud and malice, bent on man's destruction, Mauger, what might happen of heavier on himself? Fearless returned. Protected by the veil of night, Satan circles the globe seven times, always under darkness, and finally he returns to Eden where he knows of a deep underground cavern that leads to the tree of life. By night he fled, and at midnight returned from compassing the earth, cautious of day, since Uriel, regent of the sun, descried his entrance, and forewarned the cherubim that kept their watch. Thence, full of anguish driven, the space of seven continued nights he rode with darkness, thrice the equinoctial line he circled, four times crossed the car of night from pole to pole, traversing each color. On the eighth return, and on the coast adverse from entrance or cherubic watch, by stealth found unsuspected way. There was a place, now not, though sin, not time, for wrought the change was tigress of the foot of paradise into a gulf shot underground, till part rose up a fountain by the tree of life. In with the river sunk, and with it rose Satan involved in rising mist, then sought where to lie hid. Satan, determined to inhabit the body of a living creature, pondered the best choice. He selected the creature best suited to his own personality. Thus the orb he roamed with narrow search, and with inspection deep considered every creature, which of all most opportune might serve his wiles, and found the serpent subtlest beast of all the field. Him after long debate, irresolute of thought revolved, his final sentence chose fit vessel, fittest imp of fraud, in whom to enter, and his dark suggestions hide from sharpest sight. For in the wily snake, whatever slights, none would suspicious mark, as from his wit and native subtlety proceeding, which in other beasts observed doubt might beget of diabolic power, active within beyond the sense of brute. Thus he resolved, but first from inward grief his bursting passion into plaints thus poured. Satan observes his surroundings. He recognizes that earth is patterned after heaven. What better model could God use? What else would be worthy of God? Milton also sees God as living in the center of all of his creations. O earth, how like to heaven, if not preferred most justly, seat worthier of gods as built within second thoughts, reforming what was old. For what god, after better worse, would build? Terrestrial heaven, danced round by other heavens that shine, yet bear their bright officious lamps, light above light, for thee alone, as seems, in thee concentring all their precious beams of sacred influence. As God in heaven is center, yet extends to all, so thou centering recreavest from all those orbs, in thee, not in themselves, all their known virtues appear productive in herb, plant and nobler birth of creatures animated with gradual life of growth, sense, reason, all summed up in man. 
With what delight could I have walked thee round if I could joy in aught? Sweet interchange of hill and valley, rivers, woods, and plains, now land, now sea, and shores with forest crowned, rocks, dens, and caves. Satan, however, so filled with hate and thoughts of revenge, is incapable of joy. The more there is beauty around him, the greater misery he feels. He would be more miserable in heaven in the presence of God than in hell with all of its torments. Milton gives us brilliant insight into the nature of hell. Hell isn't just a place. Hell is a state of mind. The closer he is to heaven, the more he feels of hell. He emphasizes that sinners would not be happy living in heaven with God under a knowledge of their guilt. They would seek a kingdom as far away from God as possible. God also understands that. That is why Paul tells us that there are many heavens or degrees of glory. The third or highest heaven shines like the sun. The next heaven shines like the moon, and the next shines like the stars. Paul records, There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. 1 Corinthians 15, 41-42 It is out of mercy that someone who is resurrected with a body that shines like the glory of the stars would not dwell in the third heaven with those whose glory shines like the sun. Those who shine like the glory of the stars are still saved. They are still in heaven, too glorious to imagine. But they do not live in the presence of God because they would not be happy in the presence of God. They would be overpowered by his light, glory, and power. But I, in none of these, find pleasure or refuge. And the more I see pleasures about me, so much more I feel torment within me, and from the hateful siege of contraries, all good to me becomes bane, and in heaven much worse would be my state. The only joy Satan can have is to make others miserable like himself. It is torment for Satan to be in the Garden of Eden, however, that is offset by the delicious pleasure he will have in destroying the happiness of mankind. But neither here seek I, no nor in heaven to dwell, unless by mastering heaven supreme, nor hope to be myself less miserable by what I seek, but others to make such as I thought thereby worse to me redound. For only in destroying I find ease to my relentless thoughts. And him destroyed or won to what may work his utter loss, for whom all this was made, all this will soon follow, as to him linked in weal or woe, in woe then that destruction wide may range. There is only one glory for Satan, and that is to sabotage the plan of God. He finds pleasure only in destruction. Satan exaggerates his former triumph. The scriptures record that a third part of the angels of heaven followed him. Satan boasts that half the host of heaven followed him. He boasts that what took God six days to build, he will destroy only in one day. To me shall be the glory soul among the infernal powers, in one day to have marred what the Almighty styled six nights and days continued making and who knows how long before had been contriving, though perhaps not longer than since I, in one night freed from servitude, inglorious, well-nigh half the angelic name, 
and thinner left the throng of his adorers. Satan sees everything only from his point of view. He does not consider the fact that he and his angels were cast out of heaven for rebellion. He only considers that God robbed him of that which belonged to him, which is none other than the throne of God itself and the full control over all mankind. He blames God for his fall. Satan just wants to take back what is rightfully his. He thinks God created earth just to spite him. He to be avenged and to repair his numbers thus impaired. Whether such virtues spent of old now failed more angels to create. If they at least are his created or to spite us more. Determined to advance into our room a creature formed of earth and him endowed exalted from so base original with heavenly spoils, our spoils. Satan reluctantly admits that God is all-powerful, he said. What he decreed he effected, man he made, and for him built magnificent this world, and earth his seat, him Lord pronounced. Satan is jealous of man. He despises the fact that God is all-powerful. Satan dreads God's power. And, oh, indignity, subjected to his service angel wings and flaming ministers to watch and tend their earthly charge, of these the vigilance I dread. Satan is angry that he must skulk around. It galls him that he must hide in the mist. And above all, he who contended with the gods must crawl into the body of a serpent. And to elude, thus wrapped in mist of midnight vapor, glide obscure, and pry in every bush and brake, where hap may find the serpent sleeping, in whose mazy folds to hide me, and the dark intent I bring. O foul descent, that I, who erst contented with gods to sit the highest, am now constrained into a beast, and mixed with bestial slime this essence to incarnate and imbrute. Satan reluctantly recognizes the true nature of his defeat. He understands the nature of opposites. One can fall only as low as the height to which he ascended. That to the height of deity aspired. But what with not ambition and revenge descend to? Who aspires must down as low as high he soars obnoxious first or last to basest things. Revenge, at first though sweet, bitter ere long back on itself recoils. Satan becomes jealous of man, God's new favorite. Satan shall use his new position to torment man, thus taking his revenge on man, since he is powerless to fight against God. Let it, I reck not, so it light well aimed, since higher I fall short. On him who next provokes my envy, this new favorite of heaven, this man of clay, son of despite, whom us the more to spite his maker raised from dust. Spite then with spite is best repaid. Satan enters the body of the snake while the innocent, unwary snake is sleeping. So saying, through each thicket dank and dry, like a black mist low creeping, he held on his midnight search, where soonest he might find the serpent. Him, fast sleeping, soon he found in labyrinth of many a round self-rolled, his head the mist well stored with subtle wiles. Not yet in horrid shade or dismal den, 
not guilty yet, but on the grassy herb, fearless, unfeared, he slept. In his mouth the devil entered, and his brutal sense in heart or head, possessing soon inspired with act intelligential, but his sleep disturbed not, waiting close the approach of morn. In segment one of Paradise Lost, book nine, Milton looks at the fall from Satan's point of view. Some criticize Milton for making a hero out of Satan. Of course, Lucifer is not a hero in the sense that he is a good guy. He is the arch-villain in our lives, the author of all evil. Again, remember Milton's stated theme, to justify the ways of God to man. God is the author of all good. Satan is the author of all evil. Milton teaches us that all misery, all sin, all captivity, and all evil are the enticements of Satan, not God. God allows Satan to tempt man, or we would have no free will and no agency. Good people suffer from the evils of the world because some people exercise their free will and agency to do bad things. The reason we create governments is to organize just laws to protect us from evil people. When laws become corrupt, as we are seeing today even in the United States, then evil prevails and everyone suffers. It is Satan, not God, who is behind all evil. The message of the Holy Scriptures is that there will be a time of restitution or restoration when only the evil will suffer and only the good will be rewarded. Listen to the words of the Lord through his prophet Malachi. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, It is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return, and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.